It's Tuesday, y'all, and I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Hi, Dell Shores. Hi. Did you know, I went out of frame there for a second. Just, just oh, the director's messing with you. Artistic choices. Yeah, I'm I know. Fine. Y'all, we are very excited about our show today. We were doing lots of preparation right before, and by preparation, I mean writing parody hymns and children's nursery rhymes about not wearing masks. Yes, we were singing COVID in the blood. We thought that, thank you, McGee, for uh, bringing that to my attention. There's COVID in the blood, COVID in the blood. Um, and, uh, and I was doing, what was it? Um, go outside and mask it or you'll end up in a casket. You know, so we've right. been really productive today. I love that expression, mask it or casket. Mm -hmm. Sounds like definitely something one of your plethora of characters would say. Well, uh, hi everybody and welcome to the show. Whether you're watching us on Facebook or on YouTube or on Periscope, on Twitter, welcome, we're glad to have you. Please share the broadcast with your friends. Don't hide us on your computer like a dirty little porn secret. Uh, and you can type comments and questions and we'll see them. And if we like them, we'll address them. And if not, we'll skip them. Oh, and yes, and we have, we have, we have, a, a, I, I like how you grab those participation things. We've got one of those today. That'll be fun. That's so, right. So what's oh. going on, Emerson? Tell me. I mean, there's so much nonsense. I don't even want to get into the bar hearings from this morning. I just want to talk about yesterday, how Trump said that uh, trending negative topics about him should be illegal. Oh yes, he also uh, he also got jealous of, uh, of Fauci throwing out that ball and lied about being invited. <laughs> Why do you, how, I, I just don't understand? It's like oh yeah oh yeah yeah I I, I got invited yeah but I'm not going to be able to do it. Uh, it's not it's uh you know too much things going on with COVID. I'm not going to be uh, later in the season. I'll do it. I appreciated Fauci's terrible attempt because if I were asked, I would politely decline. Yeah, well, yes, so, I know. It, it looked like like us. It looked like it looked like us trying to. I'm I'm a definite reinforcement that stereotypes come from somewhere. It's a my my daddy years ago. I was uh, when I was acting. My dad and mom came out here. It's very few times my dad came out to visit, and I happened to get an audition for some baseball show and oh. it, it required you to be able to play baseball. And at that point in my career, I would do anything to get those auditions. I mean, you know, lie about riding a horse, whatever. And um, my dad took me out to a park. We went to the big five and bought a, a bat and a glove. And my poor daddy, he was such an athlete, even in his older years, he was so good. And he said, Delford, I just don't think that you're going to pull this off. <laughs> he said, you look like a widow woman chopping wood. <laughs> I mean, it's important to be honest with your children. My poor parents, I tried every sport. I played basketball at church. I played soccer for a season. And I would just run real fast on the side of the field, far away from the ball. And I could get down there before everybody else but please don't kick it to me. Now I was good at baseball up through machine pitch, but the very first time it was a person throwing a ball at me. I didn't hit a single ball that whole year. 
Did you just duck? I was always wanting just to duck. I now, like, I also got glasses that summer. So I think those might have been connected, but I was too traumatized to try again. Oh, it was so traumatic. And don't even get me started on playing freshman football that year. I was scared the entire season, just scared to death. When so I was in middle school and they taught you football, you had the option of learning flag football or going to play kickball. And me and like six boys and all the girls played kickball. I didn't I, learn the rules to football till I was in college. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm with you there. So, um, um, well, also, we've got Melania doing, you know, a redecoration on the Rose Garden. I just was like, I guess that be best thing is just doing so well. That bullying uh -huh. platform, she just can take a break. Uh -huh. and, yes. you know, I just, I don't know why Lynn Anderson, old Lynn Anderson just came into my head. I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rose. We don't have to pay for that, do we? Well, Melania <laughs> did. She promised you a rose garden. Yes. Uh, apparently she's been redecorating like half the White House. She redid the bowling alley, couple other rooms with like color names and things. I mean, you know, when you're a prisoner inside your own home, we redecorated. Blake bought a new table that I'm using for my show now because we're all stuck at home. I did. Redecorating is an option. And and by redecorating, I mean rearranging furniture. That's what I mean. Um, I know. Is anybody else at home redecorating? Because it's like, oh, right. I'm definitely not leaving this apartment the rest of the year. I need a new environment. Wait. Jigs said, I don't throw like a girl. Girls throw much better. <laughs> Jigs is one of my very, you know, Jigs. He's one of our great writers in my writing class. Love him. Yep. Um, I know. I'm doing a reading of his uh, a wonderful play he's working yeah, on. He's doing very well with his plays. He's a, he's a wonderful writer. Um, well, I was going to say, oh, oh, Emerson, before I forget, I had yeah. a COVID test today. I, I I went and uh, you know I I can't talk about what I'm working on, but I'm working on a little thing, little thing that they very safe. They're very very strict with everything, and I had to go drive up in my car, get out, and they swab your nose a little bit and swab your other. And it was a rapid COVID COVID test. It's on my Instagram. the The results were negative, and I'm I'm good to go. So I feel like I've been uh, doing some things right, you know. Was it a short swab or was that one where they like tickle your brain? No, it was a short one. It was like right up to mid nostril. They said two centimeters. I said, I don't do metrics. I just don't. Uh, so it was like midway. The first one, was, it felt kind of good. It was like, oh, that feels kind of good. You know, like when you put in a Q-tip and you wiggle it around, it feels really good. But the second one hurt just a little bit, but not bad. I mean, come on. I've had cortisone shots in my shoulders for years now. So. I was about to say, once you've done an anal swab, you know, something up your nose isn't isn't so I difficult. I say something else. but Leanne asks, when can you tell us what you're working on? It'll be a little while, sure. right? Yeah, it's going to be a little bit. Yeah, it's one of those things where you you're, you have to sign an NDA and you can't talk about it. And this is the most I can talk about it. But it's fun. It's just a fun little project. It's, it's, not, it's not one of mine, uh, but... Uh, you know, we but have it's a thing that we're grateful for. Yeah. And uh, while you're busy with that, I have a little self-promotion to finally yeah. do. Um, Blake and I are doing a Zoom show this Saturday. Uh, the Public Theater of San Antonio reached out to us. Hold on, I'm seeing if I can walk and put this up uh, at the same time. 
and asked if we would do a 45 minute uh, Zoom cabaret show for their theater. And so we are doing a show called I Dreamed a Dream Girl on Saturday night at 5.30 Central, 7.30 Pacific. It's only $5. You can go to the public theater at San Antonio's page. I'm also putting uh, the link in the chat right now. Um, and it's really fun. We're, we're, uh, we've joked since we first started dating that we have no business singing together because I sing like Diet Josh Groban and he sang in gospel choirs his whole life. So if we did a show together, what would it be like? Well, on Saturday, you will find out. And we can, really we can come. It's not just for the public theater. We can buy tickets and everything. Yes, that link I just put up is only $5. It's a Zoom webinar. You register. Um, anybody who wants to come. So come see us. I Oh, a ticket the moment we hang up i'm excited i just wanted to know is did i notice that you're the way you did those names were those where someone gets first top billing and then your name's just a little tiny bit higher no they are evenly evenly high do you know those that kind of credit where they i love those credits where someone's name's a little higher but they get for the other one gets first position yes stressful y'all look just hideous on that poster just hideous just aren't they the most unattractive couple ever but so we're yeah. very excited and we've come up with an opening number that fits the title that is just absurd so i hope y'all will join us it's our first time doing this and we're excited and one more time what time 5 30 central 7 30 pacific okay i will let For me an hour let 45 me 50 minutes of song and a little 10 minute talk back they said so a quick little hour out of your early saturday evening i think i'm free i'm almost sure that i'm free <laughs> <laughs> no it's i didn't send out like an evite because it's awkward if people rsvp no because you're like you're not busy all right well good well we can't wait and and so yeah we had okay so moving on we had the republican heels act uh that uh they put it out and like there's lots of negotiations to go i mean it's there's going to be another little stimulus check they are real big on cutting back the unemployment assistance but it seems like they're considering something which is good uh because they the republicans are just convinced just convinced people are sitting at home not going to work because they're getting paid too much well the moral of that story is if 600 dollars a week is enough for someone to stay home the wages where they live and at the job they work at aren't enough. Like that's right. They're that's taking right. the opposite lesson from this. I hate them all. I just hate them. Uh, so we'll see how it goes in committee. Yeah, and then uh, I love the I love the part that said that um, they clarified that anyone who died prior to January twenty twenty cannot receive the check. So if you died, I just want you to know, if you died before January 1st, you cannot get this stimulus check. But wow. nothing is in stone yet, so maybe. Right. <laughs> Here's hoping for that necrophiliac check. <laughs> and it's 98 days to the election, y'all. That's right. 14 yeah. days for mail-in, right, Emerson? Yeah, we're inside 100 days, and it's really important that people pay attention. They've said it could take as long as 14 days uh, for mail-in ballots. So the big November the 3rd date, if you're planning on a mail-in ballot, start thinking of October 20th as your drop-dead deadline to return that. We don't want to trust the postal system. They've been screwy with it lately. Um, so really, 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 if you're being safe and going to be worried and doing mail-in, start thinking October 20th deadline 
uh, inside the 100 days. It's time for us to start activating. You know, if there's call centers we can be on, let's start looking at things we can do at home to support uh, the turnout for this election. It's coming, Absolutely. finally. Absolutely, yes. We get, And there are ways, even like um, when I was working for the Mike Espy campaign, I could have done what I did down there on some, with the call-in center. I could have done it here in my home. So there are lots of things that you can do by calling, by, uh, you know, just uh, get, get, contact your, the offices and see what you can do. Ask them what you can do. So Robert said at 600 per week, you still can't pay rent for that. Yeah. No. We're going to see a huge crisis this fall. So call your senators, call your congressmen, push on this because they've got to get it done before the August recess. All right. Well, what we do here is LGBTQ news and nonsense. Let's roll on. I know. And we one of our favorite things is the drag race. All-Stars winner, Friday night, Shea Coulee. What did you guys think? What did you think? I was happy. I was very happy. Oh, my God. That dance number was fantastic. Fucking tastic! They all did great. I thought they all did. That they were definitely the right top three. Yes, uh, they they really I, were. I was glad I didn't have to decide because Juju has had my heart for more than a decade, um, and so I wouldn't have wanted to have to decide between the two of them. And I was thrilled for Shay and thrilled for what she said. And that cartwheel she did in the air was bonkers. And uh, then, um, then they brought them all back, and we got we got a little clarification on the feud. I know it. Clearly, this was all India. Yeah, India. I don't like India. I just don't like her. I do not like India. India, if you're watching, I don't like you. Uh, <laughs> I choose to see it as I don't feel that strongly about any reality television character. Oh, I they're, do. Just, they're just figments in a drama that I enjoy. I'm sure I if I saw her in person. But when she, when she was busted, that face was like, well, ooh, it was- uh, I will say that that, that eggplant romper was a lot. It was, a, it was, it was a lot. It's not a, not a pretty woman either. Uh, <laughs> although I've seen on the Instagram, she is smuggling an eggplant. So I think she was advertising. She's what? Smuggling an eggplant. In her drawers. Oh, oh. Her penis. Oh, oh, that egg, yeah, that's, the, that's the emoji. On Instagram. And the eggplant emoji is used as a. I got it. I got it, Emerson. But thank um, you. And I also love that all the queens got to wear their finale gowns. I loved the big finale runway. I just thought it was a great uh, yeah. final episode. It was nice. And uh, and then random bit of trivia, Shea Coulee started an OnlyFans, not for what you think. She's going to be showing like drag content. I know we all think of OnlyFans as just at-home amateur semi-professional porn, but no, no, no. It's for any kind of fan. So it's free if you want to check out Shay on OnlyFans. I In between checking out models. I thought it was for porn only fans. No, it started just to be a platform for people to connect with their fans, but because there were no rules... People doing porn got there and um, made it well known for that. Maybe I'll start an OnlyFans. Go ahead. People be yeah. like, where's your penis? Uh, yes, unfortunately, that's what. Uh, so what else, Emerson? Uh, you got the next one. Uh, oh, oh, the RuPaul's Drag Race Vegas review. Yes, it, it's uh, 
if you don't have enough of, of the drag race, which I can't get enough, I just cannot wait for it all to start. There's a Vegas review. It premieres August the 21st on VH1. Six episodes, docuseries revolving around RuPaul's Drag Race Live residency. And it documents what's happening on stage for the residency and also behind the scenes. It features Evie Oddly, who I love, Asia O'Hara from The Rose Room, uh, Derek Berry, uh, Cameron Michaels, who we love, uh, Naomi Smalls, and uh, Vanessa Vanji Mateo. So, uh, yeah, and, and, and then Drag Race Holland is later this year. I know. There's some we people talking about that. It's too much Drag Race. And I'm like, no, I'm watching Drag Race Canada right now. I watch Drag Race Thailand. I can't wait. I will watch the Drag Race Holland. Where do you have it from? On the computer? Wow Presents Plus on their app. It's like $3.99 a month. Oh. Uh-huh. All right. Jonathan said, said, love Drag Race, but I think Vegas stock is too much. I hear it. I don't receive it. I'm like, yes, give me more. Jonathan. Well, Jonathan, just don't watch. That's the, that's what's so great about those remotes. Just turn it off. That's exactly right. Um, all right, rolling on. I'm trying a new thing where for people who watch the show later and aren't live to see the websites in the comments where I have banners. So oh, look at you getting um, in fun pride news. A new Pan African virtual pride has been announced. Pride Afrique. And it will be a live three-day event to show the bustling, multi-layered, chaotically explosive reservoir of African queer narratives that the world ignores. It'll be broadcast in four languages and tell the three-dimensional stories of African queer persons at home and in the diaspora. David Nana Ikpo, a Nigerian lawyer, novelist, and event organizer says, the global media has been flooded with narratives of a completely homophobic and hopeless Africa. We are never in the news or in discussions until there is a Hollywood script of dusty, poverty-stricken, hungry Africa where queer men are only ever lynched, queer women, are children, professionals, healers, artists, parents are invisible and erased. The goal is to provide a global platform for marginalized African queer voices via story-weaving sessions featuring themes of intergenerationality, of same-sex love, gender transgression, queer parenting, and interfaith queer revolution. So, Pride Afrique will be a live two-hour daily event beginning at 1 p.m. Eastern, August the 14th through the 16th, all three days, and it can be accessed through Pride Afrique's website, which is in the ticker at the bottom right now. Yes. And uh, speaking of COVID, a new study from Vanderbilt uh, University of nearly 2,000 LGBTQ people shows gay and bi men are reporting significant changes in their sex lives during the health crisis. Nine out of 10 had no sex or sex with only one other partner in the past month, which the study noted for many was a substantial de decrease compared to just before the pandemic. Uh, in the first month of the pandemic, 59% of gay and bi men had no sex at all. Of those who had sex, 78%, you know, I love numbers, had one partner, about 35 engaged in masturbation, and uh, 12 abstained, citing stress. Stress. Among those- oh, looking, Wait, before you go on, 35% engaged in masturbation. That's only one in three. I assume that's on top of the sexually active people. 
must be because I can't imagine that's the case. I mean, like at home. I tell all of y'all in the room. Let's just take a poll. Did you do you masturbate during uh uh you know this COVID crisis? I certainly do. I have gone through every Pornhub video I can find. So now it says where did I leave off? Among those looking for a new partner. Uh, 69, I love that, 69% said it was uh, extremely important that potential partners be taking precautions when going out, like washing their hands. And 47% wanted a new partner to have sheltered in place for 14 days with no symptoms. That's a staggering amount who who are asking for that. Participants also thought it was important that uh, potential partners tell them about their sexual activity. Now, I just feel like that was just to get off. Uh, tell me about what, what, what you do. Describe what, it in detail. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. and then that's okay. Okay. Keep going. And right uh, here on your chest. Okay. And, and, and what it did now was that with no one or two people or, okay. So anyway, uh, <laughs> there were uh, non-disclosure of, of COVID-19 symptoms were a major concern. 11% reported having a flu-like illness in the prior month, but only 39% of those symptoms disclosed this information of a positive diagnosis to partners. That's really not good. Uh, and I did a little further digging because I wanted, you know, there were people who, who, who I've talked to and they said, well, you know, there are positions, you know, like the reverse cowgirl, which I guess in our case, the reverse cowboy. So if you turn the person around, that that would be, no, doctors say no. That the breath is still within that, you know, six feet, no matter what. And well, yeah. if you have a mask, the doctors are saying that they recommend you stay inside your home. This is Cosmo. According to Cosmo, use a vibrator, masturbate, have virtual sex instead of going out and having sex with other people. Well, because if you're doing it right, you're panting. And that's a lot more breath exhalation. Right. Even through but- a mask. And the serious part of that is like some people who were sick were not even disclosing to partners that they don't, you know, y'all be safe, be smart, be anything from the AIDS pandemic. I mean, anything. Come on. That's that's disgusting. uh, Michael Taylor Grace said flashlights and flashlights. Mm -hmm. There you go. Get your toys. I mean, let's be honest, though. You know, all of these things go together. Mental health. We've talked about a bunch. Sexual health can have a lot to do with mental health, physical contact, people that live alone. There is a real mental health aspect to not having physical touch. And as we extend in all of this, as people start considering what's the balance between, I'm being serious, you can cry about your- I know, you just are describing me. People who love my doors. But whatever, um, you know, it's just like safer sex in regular life. You know, there are certain risks that are less dangerous than others. You know, meeting with a friend on a patio that's open air and staying socially distant. You know, consider the risks of the in- interactions that you choose to engage in all the way up to, and that includes sex. Is it a partner that, that you know what they've been doing? Do you know that they've been quarantining at home? Do you know this person's routine? You know, are they going only to the grocery store and being safe? There are there are risky but safer decisions that can be made if your other kinds of health are, you know, and these factors. Just really think about that. Yeah. And maybe, you know, if you've got a big living room, you could put a few chairs six feet away and have just a nice circle jerk. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. 
I still say that face turbation is still the best option. Get on that FaceTime and go to town. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hold well, on, Douglas. I normally bird dog for pussy, but I'd masturbate to Jimmy Dale Watkins. Oh, thank you so much. Jimmy Dale, he he had, oh, Jimmy Dale's on Instagram this week. He had, he loves bird dogging for pussy. Just loves it. Yeah. Across the street from Brad Pitt. Uh, um, and real quick, out of Arizona, um, the Maricopa County, where Phoenix is, has realized that being bigots is expensive. Uh, their <laughs> former attorney general, Bill Montgomery, tried to block same-sex couples from getting free adoption legal services, which his office offered to opposite-sex couples. Instead of paying for those couples through his office, they would pay for them to get help from an outside firm. That's how much he didn't want to help. Well, they got a new Republican county attorney, Alistair Adele, who reversed the rule. She said, gay marriage, that's old news. If a gay couple wants to adopt under this, they can. Also, it will save the county $750,000 per year. Once we realized how much money we were saving, not only for taxpayers, but getting children out of the system and into loving homes, this was something we absolutely had to do. Y'all, if we can't appeal to their humanity, we'll appeal to their pocketbooks. It's that's expensive right. to be a bigot. That is, it is. So this is a little follow-up story. In June, we told you the story about heavenly creations. And is it Ketchikan, Alaska? Ketchikan, Alaska. And they, remember this, they wouldn't provide flowers uh, for uh, Tommy Varela and Stephen uh, Kosak. So the town came out to protest, and I just love it. They got their flowers from Safeway instead. Uh -huh. Well, earlier this month, the city council unanimously, this is what I, I love about this story because it's like bad things, good things happen. Change yep. happened because of them. The city council unanimously passed an ordinance prohibiting discrimination against LGBTQ people. Heather Dalen, the owner of Heavenly Creation. Oh, she's not happy. Here's what she said. She said, Marriage is one, I'm going to do it without a Southern accent because she's in Alaska. Marriage is one of the seven sacraments where the Lord Jesus Christ is present. For you to pass an unnecessary ordinance to try and force myself to participate in a ceremony that violates not only God's holy truth, but also strips me of my rights as an American taxpayer. Law of Latin citizens is unreasonable. But uh, Tonga's historical museum curator, Ryan McHill, told the council, much like their pro-slavery predecessors, segregationalists during the Jim Crow era cited scripture as justification for maintaining racial segregation and inequality. There is little that distinguishes the religion, religious freedom claim of today from those of the segregationalists who argued that they should not be forced to hire, serve, or associated with African-Americans or Native Americans. And if you really want to go back even further, there was justification for slavery. There are scriptures in the Bible that talk about slavery and slaves must obey their masters. So the city's new ordinance prohibits discrimination in employment, housing, and public accommodations and goes into effect next month, all because of you heavenly creations being bigots. So go fuck yourselves. I know, I love it. Sorry your bigotry made sure that the town said, oh, no, no, not only can you not do this, no one can do this. Boop, boop, bye. And thank you, Safeway. Yeah, big, big, uh, yes, Safeway. That Safeway florist is so excited. Um. All right, and by the way, Tot said it's pronounced Ketchikan. Ketchikan. You know? Ketchikan. Thank, thank you, Robert.
can of beans. Um, all right, I found this interesting because uh, as y'all know, as I've discussed before, after a very sort of wedding, I drove 2,600 rides for Lyft in seven months. Uh, a new study out of Indiana University may be the first to show definitive indication that uh, support for LGBTQ equality can trigger bias against a rider in rideshare. Researchers found that biases against underrepresented groups and those who indicate support for our community continued to exist after drivers accepted a ride request when the rider's picture would then be displayed. In the study, they randomly manipulated rider names using those traditionally perceived to be white or black, as well as profile pictures to observe drivers' behavior patterns in accepting and canceling rides. To illustrate support for LGBT rights, the authors overlaid a rainbow filter on the rider's picture profile. Well, they found underrepresented minorities are more than twice as likely to have a ride canceled than Caucasians at 8% uh, versus Caucasians at 3%. Riders who show support for the LGBT community, regardless of race or gender, also experience significantly higher cancellation rates. So they found a way through this test to show that if it is clear that you are LGBT or actively activist supportive of LGBT, you are more likely to have a ride decline in addition to the more than double chance as a minority that a ride would be canceled after it was accepted. I guess they <laughs> that we tip better. And I gotta tell you, in, in the like 50, 60 hours a week that I was driving for Lyft, you have to really want to be a bigot as a driver to cancel a ride. Because when you cancel a ride, then you have to wait for another one. But if you're driving, oftentimes you get your next ride as you're dropping someone off. So you have to want so badly not to pick up that black person, that queer person, that Mexican person, that, to be willing to cancel it and wait for a different one. I mean, that's active, specific bigotry. I never denied a ride once in seven months. I was like, yes, money, money. I have had a bunch canceled, but it has nothing to do with me being gay. It has to do with this plant where I live. They don't want to come up this hill. Oh yeah, no, they see that up that mountain and they're like, no. Oh, no, uh, uh. So, all right, this is a, this is, oh my God, this story, this story, 69 year old Reverend Doctor, Doctor, Reverend Doctor, Reverend Doctor. Uh, William Weaver served 39 years as a minister at the Linden Presbyterian Church. He now faces a lawsuit by four former parishioners, three men, one woman, who claimed that the Presbyterian minister sexually assaulted them when they came to him for spiritual counseling. According to documents, Weaver asked the three men to strip naked and lay down. He would then place an angel coin on their heads as well as sacred stones on their hands and ankles before performing oral sex on them. Weaver allegedly told his victim that he needed to suck the demons out through their semen and that the ritual had come from Native American lore. Uh, at least one victim also reported uh, Weaver kissing him on the mouth during the ceremony. A subsequent investigation by the Presbyterian, uh, Presbytery, Presbytery, uh, uh -huh. had uh, already found ample evidence of misconduct conduct enough so that it removed Weaver from his post at Linden. And here was his punishment. They relocated him in a retirement community. 
so he could suck old dick. Um, church officials also revealed <laughs> that investigators also found gay porn on Weaver's church computer. Oh, Reverend Doctor. Reverend Doctor. <laughs> okay, first the serious. This man assaulted these people yeah, under yeah. the guise of spiritual protection, and that's genuinely horrible. I know. That said, sir, get on an app. Why are you telling people you're going to suck the demon semen out of them? Like someone's not going to figure out that maybe that's not biblical. I don't remember that from Habakkuk. <laughs> it's in Titus. It's in Titus 3. I, I thought it might be Philemon. You know, I never read those. Those ones at the end, before you get to the end of the world, I just didn't get to those that often. Those one chapter book, you know, like, I don't think there is a Titus three, if I'm not saying, uh, Poppy, oh, oh. Miss Poppy, that I've sucked a few demons in my day, bless. Well, yes, but by choice. Yes. I've never had anybody tell me that though. I, I would, you know, I'm gonna suck the demon out of you. Also, I do, I mean, was he bisexual? Because there is a woman in this case. Yeah, they didn't well. say much about her. They didn't say what she did, they did. But it, um, it reminds me, oh, we're, we're running a little behind. I can't tell a <laughs> long ass story. <laughs> um, well, but let's tell the one that's relevant because that weird doctor press conference that Breitbart, you know, and that new thing that happened yesterday with that one, doctor, pediatrician saying she's curing uh, COVID with that hydroxychloroquine. The backstory on her came out today and she's done sermons about demon semen, demon sperm, and might be a little bit off her rocker as well. I was like, there's a lot of demon sperm stories in the world today. You, did you see that? I saw, I didn't see that part of it. I saw the story about that it was, you know, it was there was, there was some fabrication with these these doctors, right? Well, I mean, one of them's an optometrist. You know, it was like a new, uh, the organization had been formed 11 days ago. I'm going to stick with the doctor consensus on my personal decisions. But this one that the clip was going around about today, it was like, she's one of those like sort of preacher doctors, I guess. And yeah, she's preached about, you know, the dangers of demon sperm. And, you know, I just, I just wonder, does that mean it, you know, tastes bad? Eat some pineapple. <laughs> oh, I hope we're not. Philip, are my, we my, viewers are we gaining them? That's what I want to know with this show. We it goes up and down. Philip said, "I think some bound some demon sperm in the guest room." Oh. Philip, I have no comment. I guess it brings a whole new meaning to the term succubus. <laughs> what did kids say? You are you or was that an accident? No, that was just an accidental click. Oh, uh, wow. he said she has a whole deal about demon husbands causing cancer and stuff. Nut job. Well, yes, sperm. Nut job is the point of these stories. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get totally off the rails, and if you enjoyed our demon semen discussion, uh, we do the show for free so that everyone can join us, be a part of the comments and the conversation. Uh, but it is a lot of work. And if you are sitting on a pile of money and you've donated to all the important causes and you want to throw a little dollars our way, I'll take it. Uh, you can send us on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. It's in the ticker at the bottom. It's appreciated if you can. It's not expected or required. Sharing the broadcast and participating and those of you who chat along with us and those who watch later, hi, we appreciate you too. Um, 
So that's those. And, you, and, and as you can tell, our work is our play as well. We do. We have a very good time doing this. So thank you for watching and letting us be. Erica said, Emerson must be feeling better. I know. I've been sharing my mental health journey. I'm right at the two-week mark of my new pills, pillin. Uh, I had every side effect you can possibly have, but they're almost all gone. I won't tell it to y'all as frankly as I told it to Del earlier. But yes, I am feeling better. Yeah, my energy level is coming back, so thank you. In real stories, I wanted to share this. I, I would hope you'd have heard of him. In a new interview, the first out gay Indian prince, Monvendra Singh Gohil, is calling for an end to conversion therapy after revealing he was a victim of it, while it we, we, and it's still legal and widely practiced in India. He said when he first came out, his parents were not supportive. He says, the first thing they tried to do was convert me, they wouldn't accept me as a gay child. The conversion therapy he went through included electroshock treatments. He explains, they tried to ask the doctors to operate on me. They took me to religious leaders to ask them to cure me. Indian parents are fearful of society, relatives, neighbors. I always say coming out to their parents is easier than parents coming out about their LGBTQ children to the rest of the world. He came out very publicly in 2006. It was a very big a cultural explosion, and he now runs a trust that provides HIV/AIDS education and prevention to men who have sex with men. Um, and he says women have it far worse, saying lesbians are treated so badly. I've known cases where family members will rape the child to prove she can have sex with a man. That proves you're a heterosexual. Um, he's a huge, important figure in the LGBTQ community and fight in India. Um, and a great example, and him talking about his conversion therapy story uh, can begin that fight there as well. So a very exciting and important uh, leader in our international community. Absolutely. And uh, this is a, another follow-up. We were uh, we told you about Shannon Bennett, the gay Broward Sheriff's Dep deputy who died of COVID-19 in April. And there are two developments in the story. First of all, the police chief, Dale Engel, who was accused of saying Bennett died of COVID-19 because he was a homosexual who attended homosexual, uh, sexu homosexual sexual events and had a serious underlying disease which abrogated the COVID-19 virus has announced that he's retiring, good. Uh, the second development is that Bennett's family has been denied insurance benefits covering his death. Insurance giant AIG denied the family's claim for accidental death in the line of duty last month. According to AIG, Bennett's death didn't occur to the in the line of duty. Rather, his death was caused in whole or part by are resulted in whole or part by sickness or disease, specifically excluded under this policy. The Broward uh, County Sheriff's Office joined the family in protesting the denial as the office believes Bennett contracted COVID-19 while on duty. Uh, the BSO also sent an appeal on behalf of the family, which also was denied. AIG acknowledged that Bennett did likely contract the virus while in the line of duty, but held to the decision <clears throat> not to honor his benefits. Broward Sheriff uh, Gregory Tony said in a statement, one of the most difficult tragedies to endure in this profession is a line of duty death. We are committed to helping the Bennett family. We pay thousands of dollars each year for this insurance. And I'm extremely disappointed that AIG is denying this claim. We exhausted all appeals. I have directed my command staff to review our contract with AIG. We hope to have further dialogue with AIG. They recognize the global impact 
in the message they are sending to our first responder. After I read this, Emerson, after you sent this, I went on Twitter and I found AIG and I copied this story's link and I went to their page and they're like many of them, they're praising themselves for doing food banks during COVID. COVID. And I tweeted, and yet you denied benefits for, um, uh, what's his name, Shannon Bennett and LGBT. So if you want to go to my Twitter account, it's just at Dell Shores and retweet that because we need to, we need to let AIG uh, know that they are, yes, as Danielle Paris said, as a former AIG employee, I can attest that AIG is evil. That is an evil, horrible thing. Please go to my Twitter and retweet that. Because I think about all the trauma his family and fiance have been through. He got sick at work through doing, defending his community. Then his supervisor said he got it from going to gay parties, doing gay things, basically, while he was sick. And then he died. And now the benefits he's supposed to get for risking his life uh, won't be paid out by an insurance company that's looking for all the fine lines. They can say, well, it came in part because of something, you know, guess you, it wasn't exactly because of the job looking for any excuse. I do love, though, that after the bad experience with the former deputy, that the sheriff's office is fighting for the benefits on behalf of his family. So it's nice to see them doing the right thing in supporting, yeah. uh, in supporting his family. And it seems like to me that this horribly bigoted sheriff that made those awful comments, he retired, but I assume that he was asked to retire. I mean, it seems like- yeah. I mean, he is still getting his benefits, but at least he's gone. He's gone, yes. So- um, All right, well, in a, in, a, in a study that's important, you know, as we talk about diseases, GLAD released a new study showing sort of mixed results on current attitudes toward people living with HIV. And it also demonstrates how much education there still is to do to reduce stigma. 88% of people said others were quick to judge people living with HIV. So there is sympathy, empathy there. But 59% also said it was important to be careful around people living with HIV to avoid catching it. So more than half of people don't understand basic HIV transmission or management. Barely half of those who responded felt knowledgeable about HIV. So non-LGBTQ responders were very optimistic about those living with HIV and were equally supportive of education and prevention measures. They pulled it 90% or higher when asked if information should be easily available, whether addressing HIV should be a high priority, if great strides have been made in the fight against HIV, and whether they felt those living with HIV can lead productive, happy lives. So there's a lot of positive things there. But on the stigma end, which is the part that actually really affects people living with HIV versus people understanding transmission, 56% of non-LGBTQ people said they would feel strongly or somewhat strongly uncomfortable with a doctor or medical professional living with HIV. 45% of LGBTQ people shared similar views, only 10% less. Those levels of discomfort existed across a series of important professions. Uh, teachers, 29% LGBT, 34 regular population. Uh, barbers or hairstylists, 39% LGBTQ, 51% other. So there's some real growth and like positive attitudes toward progress, but a lot of lack of basic understanding so far that that is borne out by a lot of discomfort in close proximity. So it's a little bit like, to me, like benign racism. They're not the same, but you know that like, 
oh, I don't mind black people. I just don't want them in my neighborhood. Oh, people living with HIV can live a great life. I just don't really want them, you know, being my doctor. You know, it's like a stair step progress, a bias. Educate yourself. It's 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 truly amazing how many people are not educated and know the realities of of where we are now, how far we've come, and uh, and it's not like there's it used to. He goes, well, there's all this unknown. Like yes, with COVID right now, there's a lot of unknown. There's there, there's not that there's not unknown here. We know. Yeah. We know. yeah. And how the medications work. Undetectable means untransmissible. Like that part of education should be a part of basic HIV education because it diminishes the fear, which is what creates bias against people living with HIV. So education reduces stigma. And we've got the one million moms who are really a hundred and two thousand. I was gonna say, did you check today? They've said they're they've stalled out at 102. 102,000, uh, 102,000 on Facebook. They're, well, they're at it. They're after Hallmark again, because uh, uh, Hallmark announced that the network would include an LGBTQ character in their upcoming slate of 40 new Christmas movies. We got to get on that Christmas movie, Emerson. They are calling for a boycott of all things Hallmark, saying the once conservative network has recently caved to LGBT. Q pressure and has done a 180 from the wholesome content the channel once aired and the network is now catering to the left. The Hallmark Channel was one of, once one of the remaining channels that families could watch without being bombarded by politically correct. I love that politically correct commercials. <laughs> that's because that's not good to be uh -uh. politically bad. Very bad. Uh, uh, and the LGBTQ agenda. Family entertainment is not the outlet in which to be politically correct by forcing tolerance and acceptance of homosexuality, a sinful lifestyle that scripture clearly deems wrong in Romans 1, 18 through 28. That's 10 scriptures, y'all. I read them all earlier today. It's just, you know, it's there. it's there. It's there. Last year, they got Paul Mark to pull a same-sex ad that got reinstated. Currently, uh, the 1 million moms, which are actually 102,000, their petition against Hallmark only has 31,408. So they can't even get the 102,000 people to sign this fucking thing. So there you go. Million They've only got a third of their own members. Also, as our critic and Barbalist Alonzo Giraldi pointed out that the executive responsible for pulling that same-sex jewelry commercial is no longer at Hallmark. So one million moms, your influence is up. So yeah, sorry. And, and you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, moms and those moms marching up in Portland and how now they have filed a lawsuit against the the attorney general. They, yeah. they, they are not fooling around and doing good shit. So, um, yeah. Michael said... You should make a very sort of Christmas for Hallmark. Oh yeah, I'm you know, sure that they would just jump on that. <laughs> I, I feel like we, we the sinful the sinful category is is not they're they're a little wholesome. I just you know, like, Hallmark Christmas movies are like a Creighton barrel, and our world is more like a Cracker Barrel. That's it's true, but you know, but with Mr. Jordan's big popularity, who knows? Maybe Brother Boy in a Santa hat, hat would work. And I, it would be the elf. 
For me, it would be merry sorted Christmas, not a very sorted Christmas. It would be merry sorted Christmas. But to be clear, Brother Boy would be the elf. Not he would be. He would be the elf. Yes, he would be the elf at. Um, <laughs> the uh, Carla just said, watching Southern Baptist Sissies. I love it. I'm so glad. It makes my heart warm. I've gotten a bunch of messages. A bunch of people have rewatched it while sitting at home. All right, this next one is just a feel-good inspiration. You know, I try to find a wide variety of stories across our community, hard news, current news. This one's just an inspiration. And also because there's so much negative trans news often. Aaron Parisi is on a mission to be the first trans person to climb the world's seven summits, the tallest mountain on every continent. At the top of her fourth, Aconcagua in Argentina, she took a pink, white, and blue trans flag out and held it aloft. She says, I'm thinking that right now, the person that's standing highest on the planet is a trans person. And the highest flag, the highest banner is the trans flag. I just held it high and proud. I don't know who noticed or who cared. She started the summits in Australia a year before. Her journey through this was amazing. She rented a camper in Australia, bought some Australian wine, like you do, and took a solo trip across the country. Ten days after she got home from Australia, she flew to Tanzania to climb her next big pink mount peak, Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa. Now, because gay sex is illegal in Tanzania and it can be dangerous to be visibly LGBT, she decided to go stealth during that climb. Two days before she left, she was walking her dog in her own neighborhood and was beaten up by four people. She went on the trip anyway. She told the same team she climbed the mountain with seven years before that she was the female cousin of the man they climbed with and reached the top on International Women's Day. Same group, seven years later, her new life. Um, and then at Mount Elbrus in Russia, she climbed with a group of British women and did not come out as trans to them. At the top, she made a T symbol with her hands to avoid any of the Russia's anti-LGBT propaganda laws. When she got home, she had a flood of Facebook requests from the British women she climbed with. And she was nervous, but she accepted the request and they were all so excited. They loved understanding what she's doing and they, the responses were fantastic. So th now three years after her divorce and her transition, she's done four, leaving only the highest peaks in Antarctica, North America, Mount Everest. She's fundraising for that trip and told Monica Helms, the US Navy vet credited with designing the trans flag, she'd be taking one with her saying, when I look at Everest, I really very much see it as our way to be resilient and to show that every story of strength and recovery and resilience. Oh, so wow. I've got a little banner. She's halfway to her goal um, to climb on Everest because that's the really expensive one. So uh, her GoFundMe campaign is in the bottom there. And I'll show you the photo of her um, up at the top of Mount Elbrus in Russia with her sneaky tea celebrating her <clears throat> iconic, excuse me, <clears throat> accomplishment as a trans woman on this journey. I just loved it. It was inspiring. It was exhausting imagining doing that. No, I cannot. <laughs> like, I just cannot. That's too much. I was tired. I, I like you. I was tired listening to this story, but I love that she's she need she had a very specific amount of a goal, like twenty nine thousand dollars. Twenty nine thousand, and it's also in the chat, you guys. And she's up to over thirteen thousand. So good for her. Yeah. Uh, all right, on the uh, a subreddit called 
Ask Gay Bros. I just uh, love the name. Ask Gay Bros. Uh, someone asked, what was the worst date you've been on? Oh my God, I have so many. Uh, tell us your worst date experience while I read these, all right? This is where you could participate. Y'all- Yeah, y'all give us some bad dates. And I wanna hear your worst date stories. So uh, one said, I had a date to go to the movies. I picked him up at his place because he didn't have transportation. He wore a ratty old jean shorts, an old t-shirt and a bandana on his head. He smelled so bad. I had to put my convertible top down as soon as we got to the first traffic light to get away from the smell. Luckily it was a nice day. <laughs> we did not share popcorn. Now, uh, can you imagine that? The smell is so bad you needed to put the top down on your convertible. I can't believe you let him get in the car. I would not. I would say that's a, I can't. I can't. I'm a delicate flower. Some people's candles are too much for me. I would have been like, I'm so sorry. I just remembered I don't want to do this. Then there was another one who went out with an architect who spent the whole time uh, shitting on Antonio. Uh, is it Antonio Gaudi? Is that the way you said it? For I don't know. I'm not looking at it while you read oh, it. Oh, I'm sorry. For starting a building, he wouldn't live to finish. <laughs> Gowdy died in a tram accident. Then uh, they made a fuss about uh, splitting the check. Well, oh, you know my story about the Groupon date. Uh, I know, but like, what an asshole. Like, he started a building he wouldn't live to finish because he died. But, and he was in a tram accident. It wasn't like he had, you know, like some terminal illness that you and don't- He did well, not know that it was coming. He had cancer. He shouldn't have started that. He had it. Anyway, so one guy went out with a guy who was super handsome and totally my type, he said. And a few hours later, when I asked about his aspirations and where he saw his life headed, he looked me straight in the eye and told me he was looking forward to marrying a woman and settling down back home. I was young at the time and I didn't know what to do. So I just stayed quiet the rest of the evening. And so did he. And eventually I just left. Good stuff. Um, I mean, like, can you imagine like, oh, this date's going so well. I'm really excited about marrying a woman and settling back home, back home. So I'm just what I'm just sowing my wild gay or bisexual oats, I guess. Now this last one I have a little bit of a question about. It. He says we fucked, we fell asleep, we woke up. I woke up because I couldn't breathe due to the cats. Went to the hospital during the night, got an inhaler, went went back to his place only to sleep on the kitchen floor because it was the only clean place in his house. And then he edited and he said, referring to the feline creature allergy, not cats, the musical. But why did you go back? I don't understand why you went back. That's why I, I know. You had an allergic reaction to this man's cats so bad you had to go to the hospital. Like, were you unhoused? Were you homeless? And this was a hookup for a place to sleep for the night? Like, sleep in your car. Go home. Did he leave the front door unlocked? Was he homeless? Was he living in his car? I mean, what? And how did you get back in? I do love that he clarified it was cats, actual cats. I mean, I would understand if you were allergic to cats, the movie, because yeah. I get that. So we got any we got any horror dates? Um, uh, Victor Roberts said, I broke a guy's ribs once in bed. Victor. What were you doing? Well, now, Victor, I'll have to tell you that I hooked up with a guy in um, Fire Island who I, I told this story in one of my shows. And uh, there was a little problem with uh, him getting aroused. I started feeling like my self-esteem was uh, just like no leaders in sorted lives. So I asked him, am I not attractive? He said, no, I think I'm having a diet. I'm diabetic and I think my numbers are really low. He then gets up naked, 
takes his little kit out of his uh, pocket, pricks his finger, and then he gasped like he said, I should be in a coma. And I'm like, fuck, I don't know what to do. I don't have any juice, Shelby. I don't know what to do. So um, he, but he had a shot with him and asked me to give it to him. And then he said, everything should be in working order shortly. And uh, like 20 minutes. And I sat there and watched that digital clock for 20 minutes. And then he Where fell did he in the shot. Was it in his, his arm, his ass? And I, I used to in my show, I would go, now, is that romantic or creepy? And everybody in the show would go, that's creepy. And I go, well, I was visualizing our wedding and actually toasting and saying, you know, and then we hooked up at Fire Island and I gave him a shot and then we had crazy sex, but we didn't have crazy sex. That dick never got hard. He fell asleep. And then I didn't even know how to get him out of my place. <laughs> Robert said, I was with a guy that was bad in bed. He pissed me off, went to sleep, he thought, until I changed the time on the clock and woke him up, telling him it was 5 a.m. and it was about 11 p.m. Just get out. I you gotta go. That. You gotta leave. You gotta leave. That's a. I don't really have any like really great stories like that. Yeah. Mine are just like this person was a narcissist. This person made me wait 45 minutes. You know, I don't. Well, you know that there was one guy that asked me to sign one of my playbooks after. And, said oh, he played, and he said he played Ty at a production somewhere like in Indiana. And that was a very awkward moment. Um, well, that's much better than asking before. No, well, it messed with me. Oh, you know, because he wants to do a good job to make sure you have a good time so we can ask for that. I wasn't even dressed. And he said, I know who you are. And then he pulls out this Sorted Lives playbook. And I said, well, I didn't bring a Sharpie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's All right. I have one final, uh, but very tragic story, particularly for our West Hollywood LGBT community. Um, Lady Red Couture, she's most well known nationally for being the co-host of Hey Queen TV uh, with Johnny McGovern, the original gay pimp. A week ago, she went into the hospital. She had a recurring uh, vomit cycling syndrome and it went really badly. And she was in ICU unconscious for five days. And on Saturday, Johnny thought she was getting better and was maybe going to get to leave ICU. And on Sunday, Saturday morning, he shared that he got a call that she had passed. I want to share this photo because even in my, just my time in West Hollywood, she was such a special woman, a black trans woman, a bright light. She worked the door at Foo Bar. Uh, she worked at Med Men. Everyone who came into contact with her uh, loved her. She just had an incredible spirit a big infectious laugh. Um, there is a GoFundMe for her medical costs and funeral costs to support her family. Um, it's a big loss to our community here. Um, we send our love to Johnny and to her family because it happened very suddenly, um, which makes it even harder for them as they process. So if you wanna donate, if you enjoyed their show, um, if you're in our community, uh, give something to take the pressure off her family um, as they deal with their grief in this time. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, so I know that was a kind of a bummer note, but we are grateful to all of you uh, for tuning into our show. Yes, thank you so much for joining us today. We had a good time. I hope you did too. Um, we, we get silly and I think we all have to be silly during these times to, to get through it. Emerson, I'm truly, truly glad that you're feeling better, and I think we all are, and we did see that today in your spirit. You're, you're, you're a lot of fun. We're, 
we are all in this together. And remember that if you're feeling alone, reach out to somebody, talk to somebody. It's okay to not feel great. Um, thank you to Allison and Jiggs and Jonathan for your uh, Venmo contributions today. If you want to support us, uh, Venmo at Emerson Collins Blow, PayPal, Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. Thank you all for tuning in. Yes, thank you so much. We will see you next time. Y'all stay safe.